Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. It's another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, episode 685, and I'm Dr. Neil Malik. Hey there, happy Friday and a very happy March to you if you're listening in real time. And welcome to another Q&A edition of Optimal Health Daily, where I answer your health questions related to fitness, diet and nutrition, and lots more. You send in the questions, and I answer them for you. And before I introduce myself to those of you that are new here, a very happy birthday to my brother, Justin. Many of you likely know him as the host and narrator of Optimal Living Daily. Now, if you're new here or wondering why I might be qualified to answer your health-related questions, I have my Doctor of Public Health degree with an emphasis in chronic disease prevention and nutrition. I also have my Master of Public Health degree with an emphasis in health education and health promotion. I'm also a registered dietitian nutritionist, a certified health education specialist, and a certified exercise physiologist through the American College of Sports Medicine. I hold three faculty positions at various institutions where I spend most of my time actually at Bastyr University, California, where I serve as the Department Chair of Nutrition Basic Sciences and Assistant Professor. Okay, so hopefully now that I've convinced you, let's hear today's question as we optimize your life. Hello, I'm a listener of your podcast from Bangkok, Thailand, and I wanted to know whether if you could tell me the drawbacks for a ketogenic diet. I've been doing that for a long time now, about three months. I don't know whether that's long or not, but... It's been working very well, and people have been telling me that it might not be such a good idea because there are a lot of drawbacks. What will you suggest? Thank you. Thank you so much for your question and for listening to the show all the way from Thailand. Now, in my opinion, following the ketogenic diet for three months is pretty darn good. I'm glad to hear that it's been working well for you so far. There are some concerns that I have regarding its longer-term effects, so let's dive right in. Now, a ketogenic diet has been used, oh, almost for a century now, to treat epilepsy. Fast forward to today, and this diet is being used to help treat a number of health conditions. But it doesn't always mean it's effective. If not, then why the sudden jump in popularity? Well, part of the ketogenic diet's more recent popularity isn't necessarily because it's effective for the treatment of health conditions or that it's useful for weight loss in the long term. Instead, we can attribute much of its popularity to athlete and celebrity endorsements. In fact, a handful of world record-setting endurance athletes swear by the ketogenic diet and insist that it's played a large role in their athletic achievements. So what's so special about this eating pattern? Typical American diets consist of about 60% of one's daily energy, think calories, 
coming from carbohydrates. About 15% of our daily energy intake come from protein and about 25% from fat. Contrast this with the ketogenic diet, which requires 10% of one's daily calories coming from carbohydrate, so a very small amount, about 20% coming from protein, and a whopping 70% from fat. Essentially, it's a lower-carbohydrate, high-fat diet. Now, it's called a ketogenic diet because this lowered consumption of dietary carbohydrate leads to the buildup of these things called ketones in the body. I'm sure you're aware of one really common type of ketone already, nail polish remover, also known as acetone. Acetone is just one type of ketone, and yes, when our bodies are in a state of ketosis, meaning the body's creating ketones, one of the ones produced is actually acetone. If you were to follow this diet over a period of two weeks or longer, you would be in a state of ketosis, meaning your blood levels of ketones have increased to a higher than normal level. So, back to your original question. Is this bad? Is it possible that following such an extreme diet could be beneficial? Well, based on observational case studies performed in the 1920s, explorers observed Inuit populations consuming large amounts of dietary fat and not a whole lot of carbohydrates. If we think about it, it kind of makes sense. There aren't a whole lot of foods high in carbohydrates when you're living near an Arctic tundra. Rather, much of their diets came from high-fat animal protein. Now, at the same time, they didn't appear to suffer from chronic diseases that we commonly see in Western societies. Fast forward to today, and we find a renewed interest in this diet. And again, much of this can be attributed to athlete endorsements. More studies are being conducted to test the effects of the ketogenic diet, but we need to keep in mind that many of these studies have recruited elite athletes as participants. When we examine the results, we find that during activity, these athletes burn more fat as fuel and were able to improve their endurance. It's often assumed that the ketones are what help this extra fat burn. But here's something else we're learning. Those with Inuit ancestry may have a special genetic adaptation that helps them thrive on a ketogenic diet. This means a genetic adaptation is something that they have, but that the rest of us don't. This adaptation may prevent their bodies from producing ketones and being in a long-term state of ketosis. So what happens when the rest of us follow a ketogenic diet? We know that in the short term, it appears to be relatively safe for otherwise healthy folks. But when switching from a standard American diet, which consists mostly of carbohydrates, to one of mostly fat, there will be some side effects. Complaints range from feeling fatigued, which could be the result of having low blood sugar due to the decreased intake of carbohydrate, constipation, also likely due to the reduced carbohydrate intake, or in some cases diarrhea because of the increased fat. Some may also develop gallstones, and there's the risk of developing vitamin deficiencies. Some other recent findings reveal that following a ketogenic diet may influence the type and number of good bacteria in our gut. More specifically, it might limit the number of these good bacteria in our microbiome. As a result, it can change our bowel habits and possibly increase our risk for other chronic conditions. We're also learning that in some folks, eating a high-fat diet may increase the number of these things called lipid peroxides in the body. Lipid peroxides can form when our bodies metabolize fat. In turn, they may damage healthy cells. So we really don't want these things in the body. Hopefully, we'll have the results of longer-term studies in the near future to give us a better picture of what's really going on. In the meantime, if this type of eating pattern continues to appeal to you, it would be wise to discuss this diet with your physician to be sure that it's safe 
given your current health status and prior health history. For others that are looking to try this out, I recommend you incorporate this pattern of eating very slowly to prevent any uncomfortable side effects. Thank you again for your question, caller. You're gonna be entered into a very small raffle every month to win a book. And if you wanna be in the raffle, send me a question. Just come by oldpodcast.com slash ask. You can record right from your computer's microphone. It's really easy and you can even play back your message and do retakes before sending it in. Or you can do it the old-fashioned way and call in your question. The number is 61 I love ohd Both methods are in this episode's description, which you can find at oldpodcast.com. All right, that'll do it for another week of Optimal Health Daily. Thank you, as always, for listening. Thank you for your continued support. I hope you have a wonderful weekend, a very happy birthday again to my brother, Justin, and I'll see you back here on Monday where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one, literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together, we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com. That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us and remember, your optimal life awaits.